Hi there, and welcome back to the SMB Cybercast podcast, where it's all about helping small and medium enterprises and IT professionals learn cybersecurity, improve their defenses, and prevent breaches. If you want to take the security of your organization to the next level, then this is the right place for you. Welcome, and thanks for listening. This show is sponsored by CyberX. CyberX is a cybersecurity agency that specializes in the needs of small and medium enterprises. We believe that everyone is at the risk of attack these days, and that's obvious from the increase in attacks across the board. So if your company needs help with compliance, security, managed security operations, penetration testing, vulnerability management, or any other security need, feel free to reach out to us. You can send us a message at cyberx.tech contact. That's cyberx.tech contact. All right, let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We are super excited to be here with all of you today. Um, it's great to have you back listening again. We hope you're learning a lot, and we think you're going to learn a lot in this episode. Um, we all see, or at least we who work in IT and in, in the security field, um, we see the changing tide in the industry. Uh, we see the increase in attacks uh, throughout, the, throughout the board. Um, I think everyone has probably seen um, more news he headings about industries um, and companies being targeted by ransomware, breach, these massive breaches we see all the time. Uh, Capital One we just saw. And so often the focus it, by the media gets put on the large corporations. And a lot of times the threats to small businesses kind of get left by the wayside. And of course, you, our listeners know this because that's what our podcast is about, is the threats that small and medium businesses face. Um, so we brought on a guest today, um, David Sims. He has been working um, as a managed service provider for small businesses since 1998 in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And he's seen the industry change. He's seen a lot of progress, um, maybe a lot of degress in the industry. Um, and so we brought him on today to talk about some of the misconceptions and the big problems that he sees in the trenches every day that uh, small businesses are making or don't understand. Um, we think he has a unique perspective being that he works in the trenches every day. Um, and we're super excited to have him. So David Sims is the co-host of the Help Me With HIPAA podcast with Donna Grindle. Um, we had Donna Grindle on at the beginning of our um, podcast release um, talking about HIPAA. Um, and David Sims is also very um, knowledgeable in the HIPAA arena. He's the host of that podcast. He is also the managing partner of Security First um, IT, a managed service provider in the Charlotte area. Um, he has he ran the Carolina Computer Concepts since 1998, providing managed services for companies. And he is also the owner and uh, manager of the HIPAA for MSPs online membership program, where he teaches other managed service providers about HIPAA. Um, because if you've listened to their podcast or from what Donna talked about on our podcast, we know that HIPAA can be very complex and a lot of people don't understand it. Um, so. If you are an MSP or an IT person who works in healthcare or are a business associate, if you know what that is for healthcare, you should, um, go check out their podcast. They have a lot of great information, and we are happy to have you, David. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you. After hearing all that, I understand why I don't get any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot going on. <laughs> right. <I'm> quite busy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, thanks for uh, bringing up Donna so I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will never live down the time that I was on a podcast and talked all about, you know, my other podcast and, and all this and never once mentioned her. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had another podcast. No, I was inter being interviewed on another podcast. Uh, gotcha. and, and so we went we went all down the HIPAA path and <laughs> talked about my podcast and all this. Gotcha. And not one time that I mentioned I had a co-host. We, we heard so, about uh, that incident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you did. And that's why I'm glad you went ahead and got it out there. Because uh, I listened to her uh, interview and I, and I heard that she brought it up first thing, you know. So I know she's going to listen to at least the first 10 minutes of this, making sure that I do not mess up again. Uh. <laughs> 
So, uh, but now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thankful to be on. I think it's going to be a great conversation about what we see out in the marketplace. And I'm sure you do as well. And, and where that, where there's that digital divide and, and that understanding divide between what we are trying to accomplish for our clients when it comes to IT and security, and then what they think that we're doing or should be doing around IT and security. Very different. Yeah, very true. Even in working in the past, IT at a corporate job, um, IT is always the department that if it's working, why do we need you? And if it's not working, why isn't it working? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, one of the biggest problems that we run into a lot of times, especially when we're talking to a prospect, is they will say, well, I don't really need security. Everything's working fine. And I'm like, well, working fine and security are not the same. You know, work, you could, you could be completely infected with all kinds of stuff, or you could have uh, a hacker or somebody breached your network and sitting there for months or years and your systems work perfectly fine. Right. As which is what we we see statistically that the average breach, what is it? Two months they're in the network on average before they're found. Right. And it's, you know, it's commonplace. If I'm going to breach a network, I don't want IT looking around. So I'm going to try oh, yeah. to find every problem I can find to fix. It's kind of a cool thing. If you think about it, you know, if you got all kind of IT problems, just let somebody hack your network. <laughs> They'll fix everything for you <laughs> so that no, IT doesn't get involved and find them in the network. So uh, we have, we prepared a list of some of the topics we want to talk about. I think we probably have about 10 or so. Um, so if you're good, if you're ready, let's go ahead and get into them. Yeah, that's far away. Okay. So number one, um, so this is a misconception we hear a lot, especially from small and medium businesses. Um, and the personnel of these businesses is when the topic of security comes up, we often hear that, um, I don't have anything that attackers want. So I'm sure you hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the time. And how yeah, do you be- answer that? Um, well, it, it's, it's difficult to just answer. You kind of almost have to draw a picture for them, even if it's mentally. Um, and, um, excuse me. <clears throat> and so you, we, you, we have to kind of tell them, you know, it's not necessarily what you have. Sometimes it's what you have access to exactly. or it's what, uh, somebody else can leverage the little bit of information you do have and then attack somebody else with that information or use exactly. it in social engineering, uh, you know, or it's oftentimes a conversation goes into, well, don't you think you owe it to it, at the very least your employees to protect their data? Uh, and, and so people just don't understand what they have and why it is valuable. And, and it's, and unfortunately you can't just go, well, it's valuable because it's valuable. Right. <laughs> you have to, you really have to kind of explain to them, these are some things that can happen if you don't uh, protect that. And, and unfortunately we're, you know, we're all in, uh, I like to call the internet uh, a high crime neighborhood. We're all living in a high crime neighborhood uh, called the internet. And how are you going to protect yourself in the high crime neighborhood? If you if your network is a, is a house in that neighborhood, are you just going to leave the doors unlocked? Uh, or are you going to lock the front door, leave the back door open, you know, leave the windows up? You have to have a, a comprehensive plan to protect that property. And, and you're probably going to have multiple locks on there. And you might have a dog or, or an alarm system or something to jam the front door shut. You'll have all these different measures of security to keep people out of your home. And if you think of your network as being a home, and if you think of the internet as being a high crime neighborhood, and then it, a lot of times it starts clicking with people and they start right. understanding, okay, now I understand what you're talking about. And, you know, we, we like to walk in and go, yeah. we're doing a multi-layered security approach and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, so I think when you go ahead, uh, I think on your, what you were saying a minute ago about um, that not uh, people in organizations not understanding what they do have. I think that's, uh, I do a lot of pen testing. We do. Um, and this is of course for larger companies. Um, and I think that is one benefit of a pen test or a red team exercise is they really get to see what an attacker could piece together from what they do have. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of small businesses don't have pen tests um, done, but 
teaching them the, the same concept of, um, this is just an example from Pentest. You've got a display board welcoming your new employees in your lobby. Well, that's perfect. Now I know their names. I can send them an email address. Hey, this is IT. Um, this is our password policy. I want to make sure you have a strong password. What is it? Uh, getting, helping them to understand how an attacker could leverage what they have. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, today, I probably shouldn't say uh, who it came from, <laughs> but I got an email today from somebody from the um, local uh, school district. I'll say that much. <laughs> and uh, he, it was obviously a mass email because I, he had also carbon copied a hundred other people that uh, in the organization. And so, um, you know, I, I calmly replied back and said, please don't do this. <laughs> uh, and, and use it as a teaching moment. You know, right. how, how do you properly mass email people? Cause now, now I have everybody's email address and they have mine and whoever, infiltrates any of those people's inboxes also have my email address yes, right. and everybody else's. And so, uh, you know, everybody has to do their part right. to protect everybody. Raise awareness. Yes, absolutely. Um, so if that's, if you, unless you have anything else, we can go on to the second topic. Yeah, let's dive into number two. Okay. So number two is, um, we hear this a lot. Um, of course, we focus strictly on security, not managed services, but being that you are one of the top um, security-oriented MSPs in Charlotte, which um, we did some research and we did the found the data on that, um, we ranked the top 17 MSPs in Charlotte by their focus on security and the services they provide, and you guys were number one. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. You should have told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's an article on our, our website. Yeah. I can use that in my marketing. <laughs> um, anyhow, so yeah, we're strictly security focused. So we hear this a lot is our SMB or our small business can't afford security. It's too expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, the thing that we focus on and, and what you do is, is different than what we do. So right. I, I kind of see it as if you're kind of running a race, you know, we're, we're running a certain length of that race and then we hand off the baton right. uh, when it comes to cybersecurity to, to people like you. Uh, and, and what we try to do is take a business. If, you, if you're trying to do the uh, Pareto's principle, the 80-20, you know, we really want to get a business to a, a, the 80% mark. You know, what, what are the, the few things that we can do that'll get you uh, to that point where you're you're pretty covered and you have a lot of great security? We know a small business can't afford to go to 90 percent or 100 percent. It's just too much. But, you know, but what can we do to get them to that 80 percent mark? And, uh, and and that's kind of where we come in. And then, you know, if there's if something happens or if they want more than that, one of those two things, then that's when we have to look at you know, getting uh, somebody like uh, like you guys involved when it's doing things like pen testing and, and uh, social engineering things and, uh, you know, breach response. And there's there's a certain amount of breach response that we do. But uh, but we have a you know, we draw a line in the sand and we say, look, we don't get into doing the forensic size of things and we don't get into the deep responses to things. And that's, you know, and oftentimes that's when the insurance companies get involved and they start bringing in their own people anyway. Um, but, you know, we we have to understand what we're doing and what we're not doing. And then we also have to convey that to the client. And I think some of the confusion around this is um, so Chris Roberts, you know who he is, right? Uh, the name sounds really familiar. Yeah, uh, he's a pretty well-known uh, pen tester, former hacker. Um, he works at uh, what is it, Avik, something like that, Avim, one yeah. of those big companies. I can't he just got hired there. But anyways, he gave a speech at Black uh, Hat, Black Hat um, last month. Yep, or earlier this month. Yeah, this, yeah. This yeah he gave a speech at Black Hat, and he was talking about that. There's three thousand cybersecurity companies in the industry right now. And everyone's selling these shiny tools that do this and use machine learning and AI and all this, but yet everyone's failing at the basics, and that's what the attackers are taking advantage of. 
And I think that's kind of the confusion that small businesses have is that they feel like they need those shiny tools or uh, that automated intelligence, et cetera, when truthfully it's the basics that are getting everybody in trouble. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you do the basics, you, you're, you're pretty good, well off. Um, you're not the low hanging fruit. I know you guys talk about that a lot in your podcast. Um, the attacker is going to move on to someone else who's easier to get into. Yeah. I mean, when you talk to people and they say, well, what's, what's that one thing, you know, cause everybody wants a silver bullet, right? Yeah. Right. What's that? What's that one thing I can do? And I, and I say, you know what? One of the biggest things you can do is just do security awareness training. Exactly. You know, train your people. And they're like, oh man, I was really hoping you were going to tell me <laughs> yeah. something a lot easier yeah. than that. I mean, the I got a lot of time to do that. That's what right. And I, yeah. Just what, what can I buy? What kind of uh, software can I install or whatever? Dude, it's just, it's just training your people so that everybody's, exactly. you know, going in the same direction. Yeah. I tell SMBs all the time. That's one of the best ROI you can get is training your employees. Cause most likely you don't have a dedicated security person. You don't have the budget for it. Um, and some of them don't have managed security. So training your employees to be your eyes and ears looking out for threats. That's one of the best returns on your investment you can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even with the training, um, you talk to a lot of SMBs, they know the behavior patterns of their employees. You know, as you start talking about how different um, attacks can ha happen, they can say, oh, yeah, I, I can understand that because Betty does this. And, oh, I can understand that one because Johnny does that, you know. And as you start talking to them, they can start pinpointing in their organization how their the behaviors of their employees will introduce things like that. So. And that's where we come back and say security awareness training, you know, stop that behavior, do this so they won't do that anymore. Train them not to do this or open that. Oh, yeah. You know, and another thing that I, I think that uh, happens, and then this is kind of a little bit of conjecture, but if I'm in an organization and I do happen to click on something and I do happen to uh, cause a breach, and if that breach costs me my job, I feel like I have terms for a lawsuit against the company because I was not taught right. to not do that. And, uh, and, and I think that if you're, you know, if you expect these people to do that, then you have to teach them to do that. And, and you have to, you know, you have to inspect what you expect, which means you have to test these people. You can't just say, I'm going to give them security awareness training and that's all I'm good. Right. That's right. You, you still have to put it to the test. That's exactly right. And, and again, I'm glad you said that because even on our side, it's not a silver bullet. It's not just the, the training. It's not just security awareness. Then walk away. You have to inspect. You have to follow up. Have to make, carry it through. Right. Yeah. And the reason why we, you know, deploy the te technology and, and the tools that we have there is because we can't expect that the training be the only thing. It, it is one part of that. And we, you know, we talked about the multi-layered approach earlier, kind of jokingly, but you know, that's, that's really what we do. We come in and we say, how many layers of security can we build? And, and security awareness training is a layer of security. Correct. That's right. That's how the military operates. When they set up a camp, you hear stories about Vietnam or different stuff. They have what the minefields in the outer layer, and then they have barbed wire, and then they have machine gun nests and it's a layered approach. I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, I mean, it's very common throughout history of how this works. I mean, even back when, you know, we had castles and moats and right. all this other stuff, it just, it's always been that way. But we're also talking about people who are uh, doing this to protect things from a kind of a military uh, mindset. Right. And, and what people don't realize, and, and I've heard you talk about this on, on another episode, is that they don't think that they're in a war zone. You know, they're part of this cyber war. That's they exactly completely right. ignore that. Right. And no matter how many times you tell them, they're like, I don't get it. Yep. Uh, and so they don't have that mindset that I need to, you know, I need to protect myself and I need to look over my shoulder and I need to make sure I'm, I have digital situational awareness and they That's just don't right. do it. That's all right. That's exactly right. One last thing I'll add to uh, not being able to afford it is, um, are you familiar with Gabriel Friedlander? I'm not. Uh, he is the uh, Observant, the insider threat software. Um, he founded okay. that company. It's a pretty remarkable company. It's uh, kind of like, uh, what's the guy you guys interviewed? Ray Raymond Ribble? Is that his name? Yeah, Ray Ribble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
he, he developed a software very similar to his, um, except it's not for healthcare like Raymond's is. Anyhow, and then he went on to found another company called Wiser Training, where he does a lot of free security awareness training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he posted a, uh, a discussion on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago that was very interesting. He, so he posed the question, um, you're working with a small business, say 10 employees or less, something like an accounting office, a small law practice, something of that nature. And they have absolutely no more than $10,000 a year to spend on cybersecurity or security. How would you spend it? And he got close to 200 responses from IT professionals all over the world um, on mm-hmm. how to spend that money. And um, so he kind of crunched the data and came up with a nice uh, spreadsheet, uh, not spreadsheet, PDF, explaining everyone's answers. Um, and I thought it was very interesting. So the consensus was that a small business could cover their basic security for three to $5,000 a year. Hmm. Um, and so we're in the middle of working with him actually to make that into an article, a resource for organizations to have with recommended tools. But I thought that was very interesting that it doesn't really take that much. A lot of what small businesses need, there's a lot of actually open source tools that can do what they need. It's just the time and the expertise to put it in. And right. outside of the tools, awareness, that's a big part. Of right. It. Yeah. Well, we, so it's we definitely actually, affordable. It is. Uh, now, t- people like like us, we we typically bundle all that together. So we still offer IT support. So, you know, they're not buying just security. We actually tried uh, last year. Uh, we, we tried this test where we we're going to separate support and security. So when we mm-hmm. came in and we did our our sales presentation, you you would pick a support plan and then you would pick a security plan, uh, which you know, it sounded good, right. <laughs> uh, but the problem we were having is getting people to understand uh, what they needed on the security side was near impossible. On the on the support side, it's like, do you want unlimited remote or do you want, you know, unlimited remote and unlimited on site? OK, that's right. easy, right? You can figure right. that out. Uh, then when we go, OK, here's security. Do you want, you know, do you want one layer, three layers or five layers? And they're like, ah, <laughs> you know, I, I, what do I need? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and you got to you walk know, them through and, a risk analysis. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like, I have no idea. I don't even, I can't even begin to know where, where to pick. And of course, most people do typically what you do when you don't know, you kind of go in the middle. Like, I don't want the cheap, but I don't want the expensive. Just give me the thing in the middle. Right. But they're not making an educated decision. They're That's making exactly a decision right. based off of, of price or based off of just, I want to pick something in the middle. And so. That's exactly right. You know, we'll we have <laughs> Yeah. And so we just had to rethink things. And, and actually this year, one of the things we uh, changed in, in the way we offer is we used to have kind of like the entry level uh, plan where we came in and we did your typical support. And then we had um, an, an antivirus or anti-malware type platform for security. And that was pretty much it. And you had to kind of buy up from there. Well, this year we decided to just nix that Every, everything and everybody comes in with the multi-layered security. That's That's all we offer. We won't offer anything less. If you want, um, you know, if you don't care about security, then we're just not the right fit for you. Mm, It's, we can't afford, uh, especially with as much as I do in the MSP space and the HIPAA space and all that, I can't afford the brand damage uh, that would happen if one of my clients has something that happens and then the client says, well, well, why didn't you sell me the better thing? (laughs) Right. Or they try to pivot and take you down, which we've seen quite a bit of lately. Yeah, of course they're going to do that. I mean, you know, it's, they, they look at, and this is what we talked about when we opened the the podcast, which is what they think I am doing in my company, what they think my company is doing for them and what we are doing for them are oftentimes very different. And we have to constantly go back and have meetings with them and talk about what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it just just last week I had a conversation with a client and they were like, you're backing up all of our computers, right? And I'm like, no, I'm backing up your server. That's it. <laughs> well, what about the other 20-something computers? I'm like, no, they're not getting backed up. We talked about this a year yep. ago. You didn't yep. want it. You didn't that, want to spend yep. the money on it. That's and they're right. like, well, I thought you, you know, and I'm like, okay. But that's just an example of what we go through constantly with people about, Please understand this is what we're doing and this is what we're not doing because right. six months from now, you're going to forget this conversation. Or when That's something right. bad happens, you're going to forget this conversation. Yeah, right. 
That's exactly right. That's that, that's a good example. <laughs> okay, so topic number three, um, which we've sort of talked about this. Um, a misconception we see a lot is organizations feel like the large companies can't be secure, um, especially with all the breaches we've seen in the last few years. Mm -hmm. It seems like things have really exponentially kicked in, kicked up. Um, so organizations feel like if the large companies can't do it, what's the hope for us? We can't do it either. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing you don't use that philosophy in, in the rest of your life, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it just, it doesn't work. Um, it, honestly, the smaller you are, the easier this stuff is to do. So it, it makes no sense not to do it. You don't have the complexity uh, or you shouldn't have the complexity. Unfortunately, we do see IT companies that are out there putting in fairly complex solutions for computer for networks with 10, 15 computers. And it's, you know, it's like, you dude, you just need to simplify this thing. Right. Uh, the right. more complicated you make it, the harder it is to protect. Um, so you know, the smaller, the small businesses have an edge over the big guys because of the simplicity and because they don't have all these different uh, entry points that they're trying to protect. It's, it's a much easier process uh, for that to happen. Uh, and then even when you start dissecting some of the larger breaches, um, we see most of the time it's user error. Somebody did something wrong or didn't do something they should have been doing. Or updated yeah, something. It was, yeah, that's yet. exactly it. And, and the, the crazy thing. Didn't update when the email came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the crazy thing is the bigger breaches really, uh, when you look at it, it's, it's just a, a slight error. It's the same kind of error that you could have in a small organization. That's right. um, and, and, and I know that kind of plays into their argument about, well, if they can't do it, I can't do it. But imagine uh, if we go back to security awareness training, imagine you've got 15 employees to train. The big company's got 15,000 employees to train. Who do you think is going to have the, the bigger uh, problem uh, dealing with that? That's it's right. Be the big guys. So, so the you've argument got 15 there, employees clicking around the Internet. They have a thousand clicking around. <laughs> Right. So the, honestly, their argument is, is, is backwards. That's why it's, that's why it holds no water. Right. Really, it, it's, it should be the big guys saying, well, if the small guys can't do it, how can we do it? Right. <laughs> because what they're doing is a lot easier. Right. And, and that's what we have to give them that knowledge. To, and, and, uh, to your point, we have to give them that knowledge. A lot of times with the breaches on the bigger companies, a lot of that is, I guess what I call it, sensationalized. You know, Capital One just got hacked, you know, and they feel like, oh, if they're that big, they got hacked. And, but again, we give them that knowledge. This is the why they got hacked. Oh, OK, I understand. It was because they didn't update this or they let this person come in. You know, one person <laughs> with this much control. Or exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, the other point, too, is uh, I often look at people and say, well, how do you know you're not hacked? You have nothing exactly. on your network <laughs> that is nobody's looking. No, nothing you have will tell you this. This is going on. So how do you know? We, we brought on a, a, a chiropractor uh, last year. And I, I, I swear to you, in the sales process, the guy said, I'm not even sure if I even need you guys because everything <laughs> is fine. We've never had a problem. And as soon as we put our security tools on there, it, it, everything just lit up. Oh, and no. and we found out that he had had, um, a, I'll just say a security incident. It, it didn't okay. turn out to be uh, a breach, but it was it was doggone close. Right. Um, right. And it had been sitting there for months. I mean, we found out that it actually happened like nine months before he brought us in. He, oh, he didn't no. have IT. He was doing everything himself, which is common in small business. And and he's thinking nothing's wrong. Everything works fine. I can print. I can get on the Internet. What else do I need? And at the same time, he's got malware sitting there that um, that fortunately nobody would uh, leveraged it to get in, but they very easily could have. Okay, so our next point on our notes was what we see, and I'm sure you see it a lot when you come into an organization, is a lack of an organized approach. Um, I mean, we're you mean, opinion, you mean no, no matter organized approach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're of the opinion, um, feel free to agree or disagree, that every organization, no matter how small you are, even if you're one employee, should have some organized approach to managing security. Uh, I mean, typically what we see is the ad hoc approach that gets people in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're small, use something like the SIS-20, use something as a standard 
or a baseline to build your security program off of. Yeah, I would love to say that that is that is only a client problem, but I see that a lot in the IT and MSP space. Even the MSPs are coming in without having a framework to go by. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're just saying, well, we're going to use these tools that, that everybody else is using. Or, yep. or, you know, we went to this conference and, yep. and these guys, these vendors were here. And, and so this is what we're going to use. And they're not, um, they're not using any particular approach. It's, it's, they're using the, I think this is what I should do approach because that's what everybody else is doing. And they're not following that framework. And, and they're not, they're not giving the amount of attention to the tools they're putting out there because you can have the best tools in the world that's notifying you of all kinds of stuff happening. But if you're not looking at what's coming to you, the alerts and the reports and the notifications, if nobody's looking at those, then it, it's not doing anything for you. That's exactly right. Which is why I think one thing about HIPAA that's so great is they require a risk analysis of the number one step which I think mm-hmm. it totally should be. What's the point in building a security program if you don't know what the threats are to your organization and where you should even start? Um, yeah. And the other part, too, is most people are actually, um, I guess, in a way required. <laughs> and I say in a way because almost every business takes credit cards. And PCI right. compliance now, uh, with a newer version, requires a, uh, a risk analysis. First thing. That's right. Yeah. That's you know, exactly and every, everything does when you look G-O-B-A. at any decent framework, right? All, all, all of them say, look, you can't, you can't build a risk management <laughs> program if you don't know what your risks are. You don't know exactly. what you're managing. You don't know where anything is. So you have to start there. So most businesses are really supposed to be doing a lot of these things anyway, uh, if they're taking credit cards or, uh, you know, out, even outside of HIPAA. But a lot of these other uh, compliance uh, guidelines are the same thing. You know, they're going to point you towards something like, the uh, the NISC uh, cybersecurity framework, or there's CIS twenty, or I mean, there, there's there's lots of them out there, and you know, it's just why not take that, especially if you were an IT person or an IT company, why not take that and use that to say, I am following this this uh, roadmap, or I'm following this framework, and, and so that I'm able to give you uh, the the same results that everybody's getting. I mean, th- these are proven ways that we can build a cybersecurity program for you. And a lot of them are, are doesn't cost anything. It's, exactly. you know, they already have what they need to make it happen, but it just takes some, some work. And that's, you know, like the, like the training, you know, you go to a small company, you're like, I, I need to, I need to borrow your people to do some training or I need to show them a, a video every so often, or I, I'm going to come in and do a lunch and learn. And inevitably they're like, I don't have time to do that. You know, and it's like, but you, you want a way to increase your cybersecurity stance and build this framework, but you're not willing to let go of the resources. And sometimes the resources isn't money. Sometimes the resources is I need time. time. I need some of your time mm-hmm. so that I can do this for you. That's a good, going back to what you were saying about the PCI. You know, we were speaking before we started about I know of an organization that we I had that conversation with them. You know, not a client, but I know of this organization where the PCI. If you look at that risk analysis, I mean, that's the basis of your could be a security plan right there. If you go through that risk analysis, it's very thorough. Um, That's your policy right there. Put that together. Start there. You know, that's a, a good place to start. And on the point of being organized, I think that's going to become more important in the next few years. I mean, as we see a lot of these third-party breaches, um, we see a lot of talk around third-party risk management. Um, I think that's going to become really important. Um, I've seen it with some organizations that are, are, these are manufacturing organizations, but they're starting to see trickles of some of the big car companies, Honda and some of these big companies looking for what kind of security do you have. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think absolutely. it's... Interesting. I'm sure you saw the Canadian approach that they recently announced, the sort of the attestation for small businesses that if you can prove that you're following a framework, you can be listed on a, uh, a list of semi-secure companies to do business with. Yeah, I mean, We'll see what becomes of that. But Well, I, I think that you're, I think a couple things that are, are going to happen. Um, one is that 
you're going to have more and more people that are are going to get sick and tired of hearing about the breaches and how their information is is getting out there and companies aren't doing enough. And, and we're already seeing that. And we're we're seeing lawsuits that are coming up and and all of these, especially the big ones, because, you know, they have class action lawsuits, but even the small ones, we're starting to see people that are uh, that are saying, look, you've not you're not doing enough. And and if you're not if you don't have a program in place where you do have documentation, then there's no way you can prove that you're doing anything that's reasonable and appropriate to protect that data. And that's really what it boils down to. And when I have a conversation with a client, I'm like, you know, a lot of what we do really is evidence. We're, we're, we're collecting evidence so that if, and when something ever does happen, because no security is hundred percent, if and when something ever does happen, can I stand up in court? And again, I testify to the extent that you're doing enough that's reasonable and appropriate that you can say, even though you were breached, you did as much as you could possibly do. Right. And if, and if a reasonable person can find what you did to be reasonable, then you're okay. And, you know, and these insurance companies are they're going to start requiring it anyway because they're paying out through the nose right now. <laughs> yep. And and they're going yep. to start saying, "Look, and you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to have these assessments done and you're going to have to have these things in place and and uh, you know, maybe they come up with some certification, I don't know, or maybe they say uh you know, you have to have a third-party company come in, but they're eventually they're going to say uh you know, it's almost like what they do with alarm systems. You know, if you put an alarm system on your house or your business, they give you a discount on your insurance because you right. have some level of protection right. there. And I think right. they'll start doing that with, you know, with your networks. You know, if you got all these things in place, you know, maybe you'll get a, you know, a discount on your insurance or, or maybe they'll just let you have insurance. I don't know. <laughs> I've even heard, I've even heard rumblings of discounts on taxes for having an organized security approach. Right. Uh, and I think they I have to do that because the, the approach of the approach of we're going to punish you, when something happens is not effective, That's right? right. That's exactly uh, especially right. in a especially in a culture where you you have to uh, self uh, notify or you know you got to tell on yourself. Yes, I had a breach. Uh, you know, otherwise you can just wait. Like maybe I'll just wait and see if it gets out and somebody realizes yep. it. But other than yep. that, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. That's exactly you right. Know, the law the law wants you to to tell on yourself. You know, every state has a breach notification law. And, uh, you know, we're in North Carolina and, and South Carolina and they have them. They say you have to notify everybody that was involved in the breach and you have to notify the state attorney general's office. That way they can come in and do their thing and most likely fine you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and so there's there's all these things around. Let's punish you when when you don't do right. But I don't know of anything out there yet that says let's give you a reward for actually taking steps in the right direction. Right. And one last thing I was going to say about that was even with the new California Consumer Privacy Act coming out um, next year. um, So one of the big changes that that's bringing is, of course, you know this, I'm sure, that organizations can that people can sue organizations when they have a breach. Um, They are liable for that. Mm -hmm. And one of the uh, safe harbors, if you will, is if you can show that you are following an organized security approach, you are exempt from that liability. Um, and if you look at the history in California law, CIS 20 is one of the security standards that they have uh, proved in court to be a, vi- a reasonable approach to security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. Okay, on to the next one. Um, a big problem we see, uh, large and small, but I think we see it a lot in small because of the lack of awareness, is the introduction of IoT devices or smart devices into their network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is uh, getting more and more complicated, uh, especially around Christmas time because everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're exactly and, right. And uh, I mean, heck, man, I... You know, even in my office, I've turned around, I got this vacuum cleaner is plugged into the wall. It's got Wi-Fi on it. <laughs> you know, my wife comes home, you know, we've got an Amazon package. She goes, I got a, whatever it was, a Roomba. I got a Roomba. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. I've got to figure out a way to secure the Roomba. 
<laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I have the I have the most non-smart house probably oh, around. Yeah, I think I have the second one non-smart. Everybody knows before they buy anything to come ask me my yeah. opinion. So I'm like, you know, and I tell her, I'm like, look, do you realize that these things have actually been hacked before, and people can like look through the cameras on them? Which this one fortunately yeah. doesn't have a camera, but. You know, still, is it mapping out my house? Is it sending that information somewhere? I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm on, you want to get on the network and do a net stat and see what's going on. I know. <laughs> and so, you know, she's and she's falling in love with the thing. Like, she wants an army oh, of them. No. You know, put them uh-huh. in every room and let them run. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So funny, funny story around that. We were in Lowe's when they were walking past an island had nest. And I'm like, no, look the other way. Let's keep going. <laughs> so everybody in my family know we can't have that. They keep on going. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, you don't realize it. And I, I have a friend and he's he's big into this smart home thing. And, you know, he's he'll put he'll put something on everything so he can turn it off remotely and turn it on remotely and cameras everywhere. And, man, I'm like, dude, you have no idea what you're doing. You're you're letting and you're creating all these windows into your world right. that you now That's have to figure exactly out how right. to lock. You know, I, I, I go to, you know, Shodan's website and I just see all these webcams that people have no idea that other people are just sitting there watching them. <laughs> exactly. So what, from your standpoint, how does that, you know, go down, drill down to what you've seen on custom with customers on the SB, SMB level? Well, you know, we, we definitely come in and, and we understand we can't get rid of the IoT. You know, sometimes it's for business. Other times it's a matter of them. You know, look, we have to explain to you why this, why this may be a problem. And you need to make a business decision whether or not you want to accept that risk. Because at the end of the day, really what we're doing is we're providing risk management. Uh, and, and so we want them to make an educated decision about do they want to accept that risk or not. And so we have to to come in and of course we set up from the technology standpoint, you know, we we segregate and segment the network and we you know, we put in all the 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 things that need to happen to make sure that from a technology standpoint these things don't cross uh, paths with other data. Uh, but it also takes the educational piece because I can go in and set that up and then the very next day an employee comes in and says you know what? I really would love to have Wi-Fi on my phone. And since I don't have it here, I brought my own Wi-Fi access point from home and I'm going to plug it in and give myself Wi-Fi. Um, and, and, you know, true story. It happened. And, uh, and, and somebody comes in and, you know, I want to, you know, I want to put my, my Google home device in my office that I just got for my birthday or, or whatever. Next thing you know, you've got all these other IOT devices out there. Uh, and, and in healthcare is even worse because they, they've got all kind of devices floating around. And we had a, a client uh, about two years ago. It drove us crazy trying to figure out where this device was that we saw on the network. And it ended up being another, mm. it was like another Wi-Fi access point. And I'm freaking mm. out. Like, where is this Wi-Fi access point? <laughs> I'm thinking like the cleaning company come in and like they left one behind <laughs> so they could get into the network. And I mean, right. I've got, you know, my mind's racing a hundred miles a minute about who's, who's trying to hack this network. And, and, and I'm talking to the business owner. I'm like, what, what people have been in here, what new things have been added? You know, and I'm just going on and on and on come to find out, uh, we've, we've, we're talking about something else. And one of the ladies says, the only thing we've had added in, in the longest time, it, it, not even technology related is we had a refrigerator put in. Uh-huh. And I said, is it a smart refrigerator? And I'm like, no, it's not a smart refrigerator. I'm like, Okay. Um, well, what is it for? Well, you know, we keep blood samples and stuff like that in there. And I'm like, okay. I said, uh, does anybody, you know, monitor the temperature on the thing? And they're like, yeah, we have a company in, out in California that does that. I'm like, well, they can't do it without <laughs> being on the network somehow. Um, and so come to find out that's where it was. The Wi-Fi access point was literally stuck to the back of the refrigerator. Um, And and that just, you know, people don't understand you're letting people in your business all the time. They're bringing copiers in, they're bringing scanners in, and they're bringing all this other stuff in. And anything that connects to the internet or connects to your network is another thing that has to be protected. Yep, that's right. That's exactly right. Convenience sometimes will kill you. (laughs) Yeah, convenience and kids. um, Because they'll let the kids come in. Like, here, Johnny, uh, I know you, I picked you up from school. (laughs) <laughs> you know, sit down at my computer and play video games until five o'clock so we can leave. Right. 
which that's a perfect segue into our next point, which is the lack of separation between business and personal personal um, habits on the network, browsing, social media, etc. Uh, yes, uh, that is a yeah, big, just what you were talking about. Yeah, big issue. Um, you know, even from the point standpoint of people bringing their own uh, phones in, they're connecting their phones to the network and things like that. And of course, you don't have any idea what's on those phones. You don't know if they're safe. They're not safe. Are they connecting those to uh, a separate Wi-Fi access point or a separate uh, SSID? Try not to get too technical because I don't know if your audience is super technical. <laughs> um, but you know, those things happen, and then you have you know people coming in and sitting in a lobby and using devices, and and you, then you've got. Uh, companies that say, well, I'm going to have, you know, this admin person, I want them to do all of our social media marketing. So she, you know, she needs access to, to all the social media channels and, and, um, and, and all those things there again, have to be looked at from a risk analysis standpoint to say, what risk is that opening up for me? And how am I going to mitigate those risks? And then make sure that you provide additional training to that person to understand uh, that what they're doing needs to be handled a certain way. And uh, right. it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to put them, you know, segment them out on the network so that they don't have right. access to other stuff. And then don't cross them. Exactly. Um, I was on a pen test a while back. And I've told the story before. It was a pretty large financial organization. I won't get any more detail than that because of NDAs. Um, and they had network access control, device management. They only had allowed devices on the network. And the way I got in was the CISO took his iPad, which was, it was his corporate iPad, from the corporate network, went down to the public floor for a meeting, and I was sitting there eavesdropping on guest land traffic and picked up his um, MAC address of his iPad, spoofed that to my device, and I got right past MAC filtering and onto the network. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you just went totally technical right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's and and honestly, oftentimes you don't even have to get get that technical with it. I, I've been in yeah. places before uh, where I just connected to the public Wi-Fi and and honestly just looked at the network view of what was out there, saw a yeah. machine, double clicked on it, it just opens right up to all the files. Yeah, I'm like, yep. you yep. know, anybody can do this. It doesn't take hotels somebody are, who's who's hacking. A good place for that. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> this organization was a lot better at it than that. But <laughs> I, I, you have to stop and think about what you're doing at every point. Yeah, and you have to really think from an attacker's perspective: how could they use this? Right. Yeah. Right. It's easy to get busy during the day and not stop and think. And as we're having this conversation, you know, and I'm thinking at the back of my mind, and I'm hoping this our listeners, you listeners are using listening to this saying, you know, I never thought about that. Huh, that's interesting. Hey, I need to protect myself there, you know. So <laughs> it, it's good as we as we're talking about this because it it that bit in itself gives an awareness to our listeners that this could happen just like this. It's that simple, that easy. So Oh, absolutely. And you know, going back to that awareness part, uh, you know, we we as in IT can't do it all. It, it definitely takes a village and uh, it, it's kind of the unfortunate side in that a lot of people think, well, I hired you to do this. Y- yes, you did, but I can't do it alone. I'm not here 24 seven. You know, you can't obviously can't afford an entire IT firm at your fingertips 24 seven. And so that's why MSPs exist to give you that ability to have a fractional IT department and you're paying a fraction amount for it. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we can't always know when certain things are happening. Uh, and, and you just have to be aware of those things. When you see somebody in your office walking around with a new device or trying to connect to something, when somebody says, do you know the Wi-Fi password? You should probably ask questions. Instead of just, you know, let me find it and give it to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and pay attention to uh, the network jacks that are in the wall. Do you see anything in there that's plugged in that shouldn't be? Um, you know, <laughs> right. stuff like that. Don't, don't put your network stuff in the in the public bathroom inside your business and then let people go in and have full access to your. And I've seen that more times than I should. Uh, and, and I can walk in, use the restroom, plug something in and, and leave. And then come back and do as much damage as I want later, which I wouldn't do any damage. I would actually sit there on the network and I would, 
you know, if I were going to be malicious, I would just sit there for months and take and take and take and take. I'm not going to come in and destroy things. You know, that's that's what they did on the, you know, back in the in the nineties and stuff like that. You you go in and, you know, they release viruses that went in and destroyed everything. Then they got smart and it's like, wait a minute, we can make <laughs> we can make money if we get the data right. instead of destroying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly that's so true. So and that's true. why dialogue is so important. Um Unfortunately, a lot of times you see security guys get the, or some IT, but especially security, they get the, uh, uh, what's the word? Everybody thinks of them as the guys that makes your life hard, mm-hmm. which is our job in IT is to make their jobs, lives easier. Um, but I think, that, yeah, that's why di- dialogue is so important. Talking, educating them, why, what the risks are. Exactly. And bringing it down their level so they understand. That's that's the key right there. Interpret that, the interpretation, bringing it down to their level so they can understand the why behind it. Oh, yeah. You're exactly right. And what, then they're on board with you. Yeah, yep. you got it. Yeah, you, you just hit the, the, the exact word, which is the why. People often just want to know why. Why are you asking me to do this? Or why do I have to jump through these hoops? Um, and, and instead of saying, well, that's our policy, you know, explain it to them. Explain it to to them why they the, their password has to be the way it is and why it does it have to be reset every so often and, and things like that. And hopefully they'll take those same things they're learning in the workplace and and start implementing them in their personal life. That's um, right. You know, I just exactly I just right. listened to a podcast a couple of days ago and it was talking about um, some of these the the big video game. Uh, companies that were breached uh, several years ago, and and the the way they were breached was that uh, somebody who worked there uh, had their had a, their email address and password uh, breached from another separate breach, and so the one of the hackers said, "Well, I wonder if he uses the same username and password in his corporate accounts." And so he just goes and logs in to the, the network and he uses the guy's same username and password that was, you know, breached in another breach. And sure enough, it let him in. And, and from there, it started a, a huge snowball, um, you know, because that's when they find that, you know, people have uh, password uh, spreadsheets and databases on the computer. And oftentimes it's named password. <laughs> Or you email the or you email the password to somebody and then you just go search their emails and search for the word password. Yeah. And, you know, people have this this fallacy that, you know, I'm, I'm in my office or I'm in my bedroom or, or whatever. And no. And, and I'm you know, nobody can see me and everything I'm doing is secretive. But you're on the Internet. There's nothing you're doing secretive. Somebody knows everything you're doing. Yeah, and I guess just a lot of people they don't understand how the technology behind it, how how it works. And if they understand how it works and kind of see the simplicity of it, like we were talking about earlier, how you can go to a coffee shop or wherever or a hotel and you can kind of scan the network and see what's there. It's that easy. As we start educating them, they can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's that easy, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you there's um there's these uh little apps that you can put on your phone now that and and they've been out for a while, but I, I like using those because, you know, even though they're not really security tools, so to speak, and they're not as powerful as what you can do with other things, I can still take those very quickly, connect to somebody's Wi-Fi and just do a quick scan. And, you know, it shows everything up and it shows all this information. And and frankly, some of the information is fairly benign. You know, I, I look at it and you would look at it and go, OK, duh, that, that doesn't, you know, doesn't help me a lot. But for somebody who's not educated about what we're doing, they're looking at that going, oh, my gosh, you can <laughs> see all that from your phone. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And this is just a free app that I got. And I just connected to your Wi-Fi. And like, you can see all the machines on my network just by doing that. You know, and I'm like, yeah. And I probably could even get into some of them. And just that little bit right there is enough for them to go, oh, my gosh. You know, I need to have a conversation with you. And, right. you know, and, and, I, and it's not a, a fear thing. It's more of it's more of I've got to show you something because you think this is all magic. If I don't show you something that's that's concrete as to how some of this stuff at least starts out uh, working, then you just you just have no idea. And, and you just move on like, oh, with this IT stuff and the security and cyber stuff is like, I don't I don't know what it all is and I don't want to even talk about it. 
Yeah, kind of a side note, but I think they should teach cybersecurity basics in high school, like driver's ed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they should as well. Okay, so we've already touched on a lot of the topics we have left. Yeah, that's what I was going to point um, out. <laughs> we're sort of getting low on time, but I have one more thing I'd like you to talk about for a minute, since it's sort of your specialty, is how does HIPAA pertain to my SMB? Uh, I think a lot of organizations don't understand the reach of HIPAA and some of the other compliance regulations as well. I mean, we talked about PCI and GOB a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but they don't understand the reach. So could you just talk on that a little bit, how that chain can extend so quickly with HIPAA? Sure. Uh, so with with HIPAA compliance, you know, most people look at it and go, well, that's, you know, that's for doctors and, and dentists and hospitals and all that. And what they often don't realize is that when you're doing business with one of those covered entities, that's the, you know, the definition and the legal, the legal term it's for. So if you're doing business with those and, and the business that you do um, has you doing functions with that data, that protected health information, uh, then oftentimes you are what's called a business associate. And, and sometimes this is easy to determine. Like, you know, if, if you're sending me uh, patient information so that I can do billing or you're sending me patient information for uh, for claims or for insurance. Those things are kind of easy to, to, to find it, and you understand who you are. Where where you don't often uh, realize that sometimes is maybe uh, maybe you're an attorney and you're doing um, some some type of cases where patients are trying to uh, sue a small practice, and so you're getting patient information uh, to help protect your client. And, and now all of a sudden you're a business associate. And as, as if that wasn't bad enough, you got us coming in and we're doing IT work for this law firm. And, and now because we're doing work for the law firm and we have keys to the kingdom and we're touching that data, now we're touching protected health information now because it came from uh, the doctor that the lawyer is trying to protect. And so now I'm a business associate. <laughs> and, and then, then and, and then if you're providing backups and you rent yeah, rack yeah. space at a data center somewhere, now they're a it's, business associate. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, it can sometimes it can be easy to understand where that is. And, and other times you could be doing business with somebody and not and they not even realize they're a business associate. And and so you have to you have to ask a lot of questions. And, and oftentimes it's almost like a personality analysis where, you know, how they always ask you the same question five different ways. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. have to do the same thing. You, have to look, you know, do you have any protected health information? No. Well, do you deal with any uh, medical practices? Yes. Okay. Well, then we probably have some somewhere. Uh, and, and oftentimes it's not even that. You, you could have, you know, that same scenario, that law firm may be doing work for, uh, another law firm or maybe doing work for an accounting firm and that accounting firm is doing some things that make it a business associate. And, and I mean, it's just, it can spread to almost everybody. And, uh, and in it, we find out uh, that we have, we can say, I don't want to do HIPAA. And I hear other it companies say this sometimes, I don't want to take the liability. I don't want to do the work. I just want to stay away from HIPAA. The downside of that is uh, there's not a ton of business out there that doesn't somehow come in contact with either HIPAA or some other compliance regulation that's going to be like that. And so you can run away from it if you want to, but at some point you're going to have something like HIPAA or GDPR or whatever, it's going to hit and it's going to be everywhere. Um, and, and really you should just run toward it. It's there. Uh, it's there for a reason. It's there to protect everybody. Uh, trying to say, well, I don't want to get involved with it because it's complicated or liability or whatever. You're probably in the wrong business at this point. You know, it, that was okay 10 years ago in IT, but that's no longer the case. Or then you're going to have something like the new CCPA come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, uh, this is kind of getting off the topic slightly, but the point is that everyone's going to have to do it. It's best practice. But with CCPA, for example, um, Threshold is uh, if you have fifty thousand, the information on fifty thousand. I think that's the number fifty thousand people a year, mm-hmm. or fifty thousand people. Period. So I got thinking about that. If you have a website and you even collect IP addresses uh, for your marketing or for security on your website, 
Well, if you break that down, that's like 130 visitors a day and you're, you have to be compliant with CCPA and there's many small businesses that could e- easily reach that threshold. So, yeah. Um, and it's coming for everybody. It, it is. And the, the scary part, and, and I'm in this industry, I'm in the IT industry as, as you are. The scary part is that we are probably the most powerful industry out there. We have the keys to the kingdom of all of our clients. We have the, the, the knowledge to tear down <laughs> the biggest kingdoms. And yet right. we're, we're also kind of in the wild west of, of businesses that we don't, we don't really have a governing body that says, um, you know, you're a, uh, you're a business that is, um, that's met these requirements. Like, you know, law firms have the bar and, you know, healthcare organizations, uh, that, you know, doctors have these, uh, things that, that test them and, and give them certifications and diplomas and all that. But with it, we, we don't really have any of that. I can, right. I can hang a shingle and call myself an it guy and go out there and start doing business tomorrow. Right. And, and it's not against I'll the law. Rest before I even start, but that's why we see so many problems. Right. And, and, and honestly, a lot of IT companies start because there's a guy that does IT for another company and he, he likes IT. And so he's going to start a business doing IT. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to work for somebody anymore and he does it. And, and not that that's bad. Uh, most of uh, most of us IT guys, especially the older ones like me, we came out of that where, you know, we we decided we could do it better than somebody else. And so we started a business. Um, the, the downside of that, and it goes back to a conversation we had earlier, is that when when you're in a corporate situation and you're managing these massive networks and servers and and terminals and all this other stuff, and then all of a sudden you say, I want to start my own business. And now you're working for people who have 10 computers. That's a very different animal. And, That's right. you, and you can't bring a lot of those same technologies in with you, um, e- even though the mindset may be the same. Um, you're just dealing with something extremely different. And um, exactly right. And, and that can be harmful for for everybody involved. And you hate to say it, but, you know, in that type of situation, the customer almost becomes like a, a, a guinea pig or a test bed, you know, because you're throwing everything at them, you know, and like you said, it's a total different mindset. Oh, yeah, totally it is. I mean, I've, I've walked into businesses that have five computers and they've got three servers and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, and two of them aren't pen testing labs yeah, like mine. I mean, uh, I, I, we just honestly, we just brought a client on um, to three weeks ago, just bought it in. It was a construction company. Because uh, we we do we have about sixty percent healthcare and then and then the rest is other markets and verticals. But we, it was a construction company, and and they have about uh, about thirty five computers. Uh, Ten of those are actually computers in a training room, so we really only have about twenty five. They have six servers, six servers and and twenty five workstations. And you know, going back to what you were talking about earlier, I, I do want to hit on this. You mentioned something about a lot of the tools being free. Um, the, the problem that this company has, and we'll have to solve for them is that the other it guy that was a staffed it guy, he was not given resources. And so Mm. everything he needed, he went out and got free stuff. So if he needed Mm. a, if he needed a NAS that he created a a virtual machine and put free NAS on it, they needed a phone system. So he got free PBX and put on it and, you know, on and on and on, I need a UTM. So I went and got the free version of untangle and stuck on a box or whatever. So he's doing all these things because he has no budget, um, and and, right. and so I have to, I have to explain as I as I'm coming in to the picture three weeks ago, I have to look at the business owner and say, every everywhere you see the word free doesn't mean it doesn't cost you anything. It means that True. it means that you're you're moving money. So instead of it costing you money for the um, for the device, you're paying money for it to be managed. Because 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 now I'm, I'm you're having to take somebody that you're paying fifty thousand sixty thousand dollars a year, and half of his time is managing these systems that you think are free, but you know there's a there's a management cost to that that you don't often get when you have the paid for systems because oftentimes it comes with uh, management and things like that. So oftentimes free is is cost you a lot more. <laughs> That's a good point. 
and a different point. level of risk. I mean, even the free security tools, if you look at them, usually they're behind the paid ones. Right. And, and they don't have the same level of support uh, with them. And, you know, oftentimes, especially in IT, you can have people that dabble. Um, and so, like, for example, I may say, well, I want to dabble in Linux and, and because that's where all the open source and, and free stuff often is. But if I don't know Linux well enough now, now I've got something out there that I don't really know how to protect. I just know how to set it up and make it work. Yep. Yep. And, and now I've got enough support. Yeah. Now I've got a bigger problem because I don't, I don't know how to secure what I've put out there. Okay. We've had a very informative conversation um, and we're over time, but before we go, I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find more about you, your podcast and what you have going. All right. So uh, my IT company is Security First IT. So you can find that at securityfirstit.com. And we One are best in the Charlotte area. Yeah, we're based in the Charlotte area. We are currently in five different states uh, and we're always looking to grow. So we can take anybody anywhere. Thank, you know, thank Internet for that because we can remote access. <laughs> uh, the podcast is the Help Me With HIPAA podcast. So you can find that at helpmewithhippa.com or wherever you listen to this podcast even, we should be there. And then we have a website around that. And then the website that we train other IT companies is called HIPAA4MSPs.com. And we, we train specifically around HIPAA compliance, how to implement that within the IT company and then turn around and, and, uh, and use that to build a compliance offering for their clients. So those are the places you can find me. Of course, social media and all that good stuff. Everybody's on those, right? <laughs> and sharing too much yeah uh, all right thank you very much david for being with us and sharing a lot of great information yeah very good conversation yeah, absolutely i had a blast thanks guys we appreciate it and that's the smb cybercast podcast thank you again for listening Please check out our other white papers, roadmaps, and webcasts at www.cyberx.tech resources and our blog at www.cyberx.tech blog. We have lots of guides and roadmaps to help you improve your cybersecurity program. Go check us out, and we'll see you next episode.